Okay. Too much horror business Driving late at night Psycho 78 12 o'clock Don't be late I said all this horror business My mirrors are black for you You don't go in the bathroom with me Greetings and salutations My name is Justin Lore. I'm Leo Bodato. And you are listening to another timber shivering episode of Horror Business. I feel like we have the like lowest energy intro ever. Yeah, especially tonight. <laughs> Here's the thing. We just finished watching a movie. Justin was so stoked to record. Like he was like chomping at the bit, like, holy shit, we gotta do this right now. It's late, you know, it's uh It is. It's like it's ten thirty yeah. on a Thursday night. We're adults, um, it's a school night. Knowing 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 us and our editing, you're probably not hearing this till next week, but it's Thursday twenty second? This is twenty second, yeah. Yeah, it's well, the twenty second of September. Yeah. And um Morris you played in Philadelphia tonight. And I, I, I skipped it because okay. If, to the, to, okay. <laughs> you don't have to work so hard to explain yourself. No, but okay. So I passed it up because I had some like, I wanted to get this episode done. I wanted to watch this with Liam and I wanted to hang out with my grandma, my grandmother tonight. I made like a, a promise to her and you can't break a promise to your grandmother. You can't do that. I, I mean, mean, I, you, mean you, I mean, I could, you could, but I don't like, I love my nanny. I love my nanny. I do. I love my nanny. So it's like, I was like, eh, I see Morrissey like three times. He's not going to play Jack the Ripper. And then I fucking go on Twitter literally five minutes ago. And it's like, Tim McMahon is all like, Morrissey, Jack the Ripper, Instagram. And I'm like, oh, cool. That's, that's, so that's that. So just so you guys know, I passed up seeing Morrissey to record. That is my fucking dedication to horror business. I would say probably about half of our audience doesn't give a fuck. No, no, but to the audience, to the half of the audience that does get that, that's dedication. I'll, I'll give it to you. It's just funny. Be it was just funny to me because I get missing something. I mean, I'm I missed a show tonight too. Yeah, yeah. Not quite the level of Morrissey. That's yeah, reject. Who cares? Yeah, whatever. But uh, but Ruben and Soul Glow. I'm a big fan of Soul. I got Glow. you. Big yeah, fan yeah. Of Ruben. But no, I get it. It's not the same thing as Morrissey, but the fact that this one song, like you had already missed the show, but you were like, we're not recording later this weekend. We're going to record right now. I'm so excited. Then you saw that on Instagram, which I told you not to look at your motherfucking phone in the first place. <laughs> and you looked at your phone and now it's like, I guess horror or whatever. It's no. Fine. Okay. I'm going to get, okay. First off. Okay. I'm going to get it back. I'm going to get back in the groove of things right now. Okay. Because we're going to talk about, before we go on, before we get in the gist of the episode, which is going to be like documentary found footage style stuff, and it's cool because we saw some, we saw great movies for this. Both these yeah, movies Yeah, both were these movies were really awesome. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we're, we're, we're talking about, do you want to say what we're talking about or do you want to just jump into something else? Um. Well, we're just going to talk, like I said, we're going to be talking about uh, 1992's Ghost Watch, which is like a, it's not really found footage per se. But it's like a documentary. I feel like it qualifies at this point because a lot of found footage that's coming out recently seems to be, we're shooting a documentary, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But, but then we cut it together later. So uh, it plays a little bit more like a straight TV show, yeah. but it, it's at this, point, at this point, it's a movie. Yeah, and then we watch 2013's uh, Final Prayer, which 
also li- known as the Borderlands. The, yeah, the Borderlands, which literally at like five thirty tonight, I was like, oh, I gotta pick a fucking because we we're gonna watch the movie Headcase. We watched about ten minutes of it. And we we're like, this is fucking stupid. It's fucking terrible. This, this is, is our review. Ready? Here's our review. Fuck that. Yeah, it was a garbage movie. And at like five thirty today, I was like, I need to watch a movie with Liam. I googled you know, best found footage. And I was like, okay, I saw that. I saw that. I didn't see that. That looks cool. Liam, we're watching that. And that was, it was marketed as the Borderlands. So we couldn't find the Borderlands. And then we found, it was released in the US as Final Prayer. It's an amazing movie. We're going to get into that later. Um, What I want to talk about is just some things that, me and Liam saw a lot of movies since the last time we recorded. I guess that's true. I guess we did go to a few movies. Um, Well, I mean, we record once a month, so a lot can happen at that time. Um, I just, I'm, I don't want to get into it because Liam, I don't want to get too far into this because Liam didn't see it, but I finally saw Eli Roth's uh, Clown. And because Liam didn't see it, I don't want to spoil anything like that. Did but he, produ- he just produced He that. produced it, okay. yeah. I'm sure it's like everyone has probably heard about the trailer and everything. I bought it on a whim for like $10 at Target, and it takes a really silly sounding premise that sounds like something out of fucking Goosebumps and gives it a really interesting backstory and the really scary part about it, it wasn't like marketed as like body hard, but it really reminded me of like it was like vaguely Cronenbergian, maybe like the fly ish. But the really like it was marketed as like, oh, they're as bad as you think they are because, you know, <sighs> everyone's afraid of clowns. But like in all seriousness, the really scary part about the movie was someone you love and someone you trust turning into something that literally wants to fucking eat you. And there's a part in the movie where, the, you know, the little boy, you know, the mom of the movie is just like, we have to help your daddy. And the little boy just looks at her and is like, that, that's not my father. And he's so fucking bummed. And it's like, that is like the real horror of this movie is like someone you love turning into something horrifying. Now, you said Eli Ross, he produced it, right? Yeah, basically the story was is these guys, um, John Watts, who's directing the new Spider-Man movie, the Spider-Man Homecoming. Sure. Um, he and his friends made like a joke trailer for this movie called Clown. And just for like shits and giggles, they tacked on like from the master of horror, Eli Roth, into this fake trailer, which is stupid. It looks, it's really dumb. And then it just got back to Eli Roth and he was like, I got to give it to these guys. That's pretty ballsy, you know, fucking throwing my name on there. So he like contacted and was like, hey, if you give me a script, I'll produce this movie because I like the idea of it. And it could have gone a really, really, really shitty route. Like I said, the premise really is something out of fucking goosebumps. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. really dumb. But they gave it like a really interesting backstory, and they they really nailed it. Like it, it's a really it's got some really disturbing imagery, and I don't mean like cheap, like human centipede disturbing. I mean like generally visceral. Like it really earns the fucking shock that it pulls from you. I really appreciate that, but I am so over Eli Roth at this point. No, no, here's the thing. It's going to take me a while to watch yeah, it. So am I. I mean, I, I'm not a fan of the man at all, but it's like, don't let that get in your way of watching this movie. Okay. Well, do you want to start with, uh, uh, where do you want to start with things that we've seen together? Let's start with Don't Breathe. Yeah, so we, we not only did we go see Don't Breathe, we specifically went to a drive-in to see it. Becky's drive-in. We went to Becky's drive-in, which uh, you may have personally survived the back row at Becky's. <laughs> Becky's drive-in is a uh, historic drive-in in the... Is that still the Lehigh Valley out there? Would you call that the Lehigh Valley? Uh, 
just I, just outside. I, the I, I would say loose, like loosely the Lehigh Valley. It's loosely the Lehigh Valley. It's it's sort of that nebulous area before you hit the mountains. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. But it's you know, it's not that far a drive from here, um, and it's historic. But there's you know there's this gap. They do this like uh, when you're at Becky's, they do this thing, and they're like the history of Becky's, and they show you all these like '50s things, all <laughs> these so great. classic drive-in <laughs> stuff, and then at a certain point, like it just stops, and then it jumps to like what 99 no it went from like it went from like i think 1960 to like 1990 yeah and the best part is like you looked at me like oh they were shut down and like i kind of like chuckled like oh because i've lived in this area my entire life and i remember going to becky's when i was a little kid and like my dad being like you know this used to be a porno driving and (laughs) my mom being like don't tell him that he's 10 years old (laughs) so like and it's funny because can we just process this like a porno, a porno driving. driving, yeah, in the fucking woods too. Like when we say like, oh, it's outside what you would consider Lehigh Valley. We say that not just because we're masters of geography, but like you definitely feel like you're leaving a little bit of the it's, civilized it's, world. It's when you out, go there. out there. It's way. And here's the thing: is like compared to how it was when I was a kid, because we'd go there all the time. I actually first saw Jurassic Park there when I was a sure, kid. Sure, sure. Compared to how it is now, like when I was younger, there was nothing out there yeah i mean there's like gas stations and like there's a turkey some stuff up. there was literally nothing like it, it, it was you 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 would drive like a half hour without seeing fucking anything before you got right there. and it's just kind of funny because even now like when i tell my grandfather like hey, i'm going to the drive and doesn't matter if i'm going to mahoney he's like ah have fun at becky's his knowing laugh because you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're gonna get a handy at yeah Becky's. from another guy there in the back row <laughs> oh, no. like it's gotta be another guy yeah well that was again that was like that was like that was a popular spot for i mean it was like a porno drive and it was also a, a popular cruising spot back in the day sure so can you imagine living that far out here in the boonies that you had to go cruising oh my god at the fucking driving in the middle of nowhere you know what i mean my like, heart goes out to the guys women like, and men who did that yeah like when you you know when you, when you hear about cruising at like a public restroom it's like yeah it makes sense it's a public space yeah, yeah, there's yeah. traffic like i get it but the driving like the desperate men who are like Ugh. there's no malls anywhere yeah. there's no like public space they're like well there's that there's driving yeah like oh especially Anyways, okay, let's keep going. So, 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 uh, don't breathe. We saw Don't Breathe at Becky's. Uh, uh, and what do you want to say about this movie? Okay. Um, I'll say the pluses were that I felt okay. The tension in that movie was very real. There were moments when I was literally holding my breath. Like, I was like, um, I should be breathing right now. But like, it, it, it pulls you in enough where it's like, there is a re- there, you really do feel the tension in that movie. And it's got an interesting premise. And what I'm about to say is also kind of what made it almost took me out of the movie was that like at no point do any of the characters make ridiculous decisions like people often do in horror movies. Like every decision was made by a very human and very like, no, I might do that. Except the fucking part where they had the chance to get away and the girl's like, no, I want that money. And I was like, yeah, a person might do that. But that can we let's just stop real quick and say um, we're not going to get into total spoilers, but there'll be a little bit there'll of spoilers. There'll be a little bit of, yeah, yeah. Because it, there are multiple moments. The reason I say this is because there's multiple moments where she could make the decision to leave. And yeah. And they could make the decision to leave. And the movie still could have kept going because he could have figured out a way to stop them or yeah. there could be a trick. I mean, the movie shows you again and again that this guy is ingenious and that he's had things around his house for a whole other reason yeah. to keep people from getting away. And instead of 
coming up with some thing, which maybe would become less believable if he had a million fucking like Roadrunner style booby traps or some shit. Just like Acme but, shit laying yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I guess that would become ridiculous, but it's more ridiculous to me that not once, one time I could go with it, but multiple times she's like, I need that money. That's what I'm she saying. She doesn't need that fucking money. Not that bad. It, it's a very, it's a very human uh, drive, but at the same time, it really made her not, like it, it made me not root for her, right? Because it was like, no, okay, now you're just being fucking greedy, right? Like, I mean, let's uh, let's. Uh, so, I think it's fair to say that we also were inclined to be sympathetic towards the movie, in my mind, because we went into the movie being told by people we trust that it was like the worst shit ever. Yeah, numerous people, uh, the other half of Cinepunks, and I think John Wren hated this movie too, didn't he? Yeah, him, so him and Josh have a podcast that is not a thing yet called The Mandate, where they go to movies and they do quick reviews. Okay. The problem is they haven't figured that out technically, and if, if either one of them is listening to this, get your fucking act together. Yeah, I want to listen to that. it'd be so cool, and the idea is like, if they go to the movies regularly enough, we could have a podcast like almost every week. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a quick half hour review of something. I think people would be into that. Um, but not to, I don't actually mean to make them feel bad. But the point is, is they went to see it for that purpose way before we got a chance to. Yeah. And hated it, like literally reviled it. Now, Josh did admit he was drunk, so that might have affected his feeling on the movie. God damn it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he he didn't like it. John didn't like it. So we went in. And uh, on the other hand, uh, as you guys know, I was at Bruce Campbell Horror Film Fest. People at Bruce Campbell's Horror Film Fest fucking loved it. And it's hard to say because, you know, Fetty Alvarez has a relationship with Bruce. Yeah. And with Sam Raimi and he that whole the, world. He did the Evil Dead remake, right? Right, and they're, they they and they have a connection, and yeah, uh, yeah. and they've talked a little bit, and uh, there's you know they might have a chance to work together in the future. So of course the the general vibe is like we're gonna like that movie, but because of that, I was went in very skeptical, thinking well maybe people Bruce Campbell they were just hyped. It's the first movie, of The Fast. Yeah, there's like the Bruce connection. Dude was there. What's the uh, what's the actor's name? Which uh, Stephen Lang? Yeah, so yeah, Stephen, Stephen Lang, Lang was at the fest, and that was really hype. And and I got to be honest, like Stephen Lang's performance, whatever, was great. Yeah, so, it was. But so we went in, like at least for me, I, I won't speak for Justin, but I went in skeptical, like, okay, this is going to be terrible, and it's definitely not terrible. And so if you really like Don't Breathe, like I would not fight you over that. Like I wouldn't be like you're an idiot. That movie was stupid or whatever. And no, 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 no. Like it's not a terrible movie, but yeah. they were just multiple aspects of it that actually bum me out yeah I'll, I'll, and maybe bum me out more because the movie overall wasn't bad that's the thing is like the the, the thing that the, i think one of the things that bothered me most about this movie bothered me before i even saw it in the trailer there there's okay there's four characters in the trailer they kill one of them so automatically like nothing that guy does in the first third of the movie means anything because you're like that guy's gonna die yeah i mean like, if you, you know if you he, can manage to see if, if you had managed to see this without seeing the trailer for people whoever i think you would have a better experience of it yeah because that that was like okay you've already killed off a quarter of the movie like all right i don't you know i know that person's gonna die so i don't care about them and to be fair that guy was kind of a piece of shit and brought nothing to the fucking table but it was still just like okay make a better trailer make make a, a more subtle trailer than like what they did and then like there were other there was others i don't the, the the main thing that really bummed me out i it's a spoiler and i don't want to say it because it first off makes me really uncomfortable even to fucking talk about and secondly i don't want to spoil this movie but there's a scene that I, I felt was like sort of like 
it went from being like, okay, we're, 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 we're being technical and we're crafting suspense and we're building this atmosphere of, yeah. of dread. And then it was just like, you know, it'd be really cool <laughs> if, if we did. And then they, they did that. Like, wouldn't that be cool if we did this? Like, that'd be like, that'd be neat if we like, you know, <laughs> and it just got fucking cheap out of nowhere. I, I don't, here's the thing, uh, and this is a difference between us. I like exploitation movies. Ah, uh, see, I don't. Uh, I fucking love them, and I think you not liking them is sort of like your friend who doesn't like spicy food, like he just needs to fucking. Also me. Yeah, that, but in both <laughs> these cases, you just need to fucking get it together and expose yourself and just deal with it. You okay. know what I mean? In other words, I think like that sort of gritty gross thing is more like exercise and less like the sun. You know, your friend who gets a sunburn every summer is stupid. They're going to get skin cancer. They're not going to just like start tanning more because yeah. they're in the sun more. They're just going to die because they're an idiot. You okay. know, like that's what that. But your friend who's like, I don't know, I tried to exercise and it was real hard, so I guess I just will never do that again. It's like, no, no, you just got to keep going. It, it'll, it'll be hard, but the more you do it, the less hard it gets. Uh, and that's how I feel about spicy food. Like, if you're like, I can't have anything but pepper, and even even a little bit of black pepper on my food is too much, I'm like, yeah, then put more on there. Just keep doing it until you can handle it. I like black pepper. I'm, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so that that being said, as much as I like that sort of gritty, raw exploitation thing... That moment for me, and I'm not trying to make people feel bad if you thought that was the most badass thing ever, to me it was stupid. It just it didn't bring anything to the movie. It felt kind of cheap in a way that I don't like. But I just wanted to say that that like someone might not be into that aspect of the movie because they don't like unpleasant things. They don't want something gross. And I was like, I didn't know what it was. Luckily, no one ruined it for me. But I went into the movie going, there's a moment that a lot of people have said is terrible. Yeah. And I'm kind of excited for that moment because I want to know what it is and I I want it even to offend. I would like to be offended. I'd like it to be so awful that I'm like, fuck, wow, I yeah. was not expecting that. And it wasn't that. I mean, I, I don't mind something if it's like, the, the I, I, my biggest problem with it, I think, is that it, A, came out of nowhere and sure. B, was so unlike the rest of the movie. Like, when I watch Deliverance, I get uncomfortable when they have their way with Ned Beatty, but I'm still like, that makes sense. Like that's, that's, right. I, 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 you know what I mean? Like as uncomfortable as it makes me, I'm on board with that. And sure. same with like, like last house on the left, like as terrible as that is. And as awful as, as it is, I'm not like, I guess offended by it for, for lack of a better term. Well, I mean, and this is the thing, like, uh, we, we, you know, I'm not trying to skip ahead here, but we, the other night we went to, uh, the Miskatonic, uh, Institute of Horror Studies. Yes, yes. At which was Jack Ketchum. And uh, at a certain point, they were discussing the movie The Woman, which uh, Jack co-wrote with someone, basically. like they He wrote the book and the movie at the same time yeah, yeah. with a screenwriter, and they kind of developed this whole thing. And it comes from his book Off-Season, and then his uh, book Off-Spring, and then this is like the continuation of that. And uh, uh, Kira Janice really said sometimes people who watch movies see awful things in a movie and they think that the filmmaker is like co-signing that like that they are endorsing yeah. that behavior as opposed to showing it uh as part of something terrible or something that they're critiquing and so in the case of last house on the left you're supposed to think it's bad exactly like, yeah. nothing about it says oh isn't this great you know yeah i, I for me personally i prefer that to some movies which like are showing you something that's unpleasant but because of the style of the filmmaker the film is still kind of like cool and sexy and you're like 
this moment isn't supposed to be cool. It's supposed to be gross. Uh, yeah. So it should be gross. And I don't think that this movie did that. Like, I don't think the moment is supposed to be anything but gross, but it did feel unnecessary. It felt like an unnecessary thing. It didn't add anything for me. And it just, I, you know, I squirmed a little bit, but I wasn't like deeply like, oh, whoa, I can't believe they went there. I was like, oh, really? That's is what we're going to do? That's, right. yeah, that's, that was more a lot. I mean, I, this stuff makes me uncomfortable no matter what, but that's, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you halfway and say, yeah, it was just like, oh, that's what we're doing. That's how we're going to, that's how we're going to ratchet up the tension with fucking that. Good job, guys. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think either one of us thought, this is a total piece of shit. No, not at all. But the good aspects of the movie made the bad aspects of the movie more painful because I'm watching it thinking this could have been better. This could have oh, been a better movie. Definitely, yeah. I don't know. I don't. We don't give ratings on this show, but uh, this is one of those movies I almost want to. I almost want to do that only so you understand. Like, it's not terrible, and if you want to give it a chance, I'm going to give it a rating and say I give it three glasses of water out of five that's an arbitrary rating i made up just now because i'm holding a glass of water i would i would give it the rating of netflix you oh, know yeah, yeah it's not worth paying the 2.99 on amazon yeah but uh that that shows up on netflix and you had a free night I like, why not i, I like where you're going with i wouldn't this. we should, we should I wouldn't, expand on this i wouldn't skip i wouldn't skip morrissey for it but uh <laughs> right in the soft bits all right so then what was the next thing that we did together uh the next thing we did together was we saw the blair witch Fuck. You know, I was like thinking about this. You know what the real, like, th this movie. Okay, first off, I just found out tonight that the Blair Witch, they, they follow hard business on Twitter. So just make a better movie and you'll, you'll get a better review. Um, <laughs> I mean, okay, okay. The look. ending was fucking awesome. Not the whole ending. Sure. Because uh, this movie was basically a retelling of the first movie. Yeah. Um, But not. With, with with none of the the finesse and the fucking dread of the first one yeah um but that ending like particularly the scene where they're like the two characters whose names i don't know james yeah and the other girl it literally girl, it literally doesn't matter yeah they're standing in the corner and they're like we can't look at her because i think later they say if you look at her like you're cursed and you die sure, sure. and they're fucking and there's something right behind him this like horrifying thing and I was like, that you've gotten a glimpse of, but just, not enough of a glimpse that it's ruined. Know that it's like, and the more I think about it, at first I was like, oh, it's like Doug Jones or Javier Botet. This, uh, okay, if that thing walked in the room right now, I would hold my breath until I passed out. Right. Um. So it was scary. It was something monstrous, and it was this really fucking tense moment where there, this thing's right behind them, and it was sort of like Raiders of the Lost Ark, like don't open your eyes. Yeah. And they're like looking in the corner, and it's harkening back to the in the first one where they, the the guys in the corner, and it's it's a really well done moment. And then it just like I don't want to ruin it. Just it just falls apart. And that was like the only part of the movie that really had that like. Yeah, I've said to a few people that I thought the ending was pretty solid, yeah. and some people who also disliked the movie were surprised I said that. But I, what I'm not saying is that it was overall solid. What I'm saying is, when I say that, what I'm trying to suggest is it, it feels to me, and again, I don't know these dudes, and you know they have a great track record. Like, they do. They have an amazing track like, record. Um, I, you know, I don't love all the VHS stuff, but You're Next and The Guest are great. See, I, I think the VHS movies are 
really fucking good. <laughs> They're all right. Okay, and your next. Hey, shut the fuck up. Your next is good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love you. I love your next. But anyways, back to what I was saying. It really felt like they solved as far as writing a film like this. How are we going to do another Blair Witch? It really felt like they solved the end. Yeah, yeah. And then just bullshitted the rest of it. Like the most thought out part, even if it kind of fizzled, the fizzling is to me a symptom of directing and yeah. less of the script itself. Like I really felt like the scenario in which the film ends is pretty strong. And then it kind of just loses it at the, at the very, very, very end. Yeah. It kind of, it doesn't end on a good note oh, again, not in how it happens, but just the way it's presented to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the stuff leading up to that ending feels like just made up on the spot that's the bullshit like just nothing and without the tension again you can't recreate the blair witch project yeah you can't those people were emotionally and mentally fucked with in a way that no (laughs) one will ever put up with again yeah that's never gonna happen the the audience didn't know what to expect i mean because people say like well that's not the first found footage because what about cannibal holocaust or what about the last broadcast nothing had that setup like that like that film marketing like uh, yeah you can't you can't recreate that so you have to do something else that's a little bit better and don't get me wrong like are there technical elements of this movie that i think are better than the blair witch project Yes, but I certainly wouldn't say if you don't like the Blair Witch Project, I would be actually really surprised if you like this movie. Yeah, my biggest problem with this movie was that when I first went and saw the Blair Witch Project, when I watch that movie today, when I sit down and I start watching it, I don't have to put my, I don't have to go very far to get on board with the fact that I'm watching people being hunted in the woods by something supernatural. Sure, sure. I don't have to like I don't have to jump through hoops to get myself in that mindset. Right. In this one it was so hard. There were times when I felt that, but I didn't it wasn't like slipping into it as easy as was with the first one. And again, because it was like you you hear the stories of like how like Eduardo Sanchez and those guys they just were brutal with these actors. You know, they were like they stopped giving them food, they fucked with their GPS. They instigated a fucking fight between two of the actors just to get that extra like and there yeah. was like none of that. There was like in this one, you were watching people act. In the first one, you were watching people fall apart, and then were told there was a plot to it, and that's why it looked as good as it did. Well, and uh, let me clarify a little bit too, because I think you are a bigger Blair Witch Project fan than me. I do. Uh, yeah, you really like it. For me, this is part of my issue: is that I I like it, but I don't like idolize it that much. But that's part of my problem here, because you just said you're watching people act. At a certain level, I think that's better. I, I would rather watch people act than watch people be, to some extent, emotionally tortured to get a response from them. Okay. And I think that that watching people act should lend itself to a better movie. And in fact, has, in many other cases, lent itself to a better movie than The Blair Witch Project. Yeah, no doubt. And yet here it does not, because... They don't try to do anything else. They, in fact, if again, this is how it feels to me, they're trying to recreate the emotional tension of the Blair Witch Project with people who are just kind of acting. And yeah, not, and the way the way you could build some of that tension is some interesting scenarios, like have the plot be interesting. And a lot of it's like we're wandering through the woods. There's a noise in the woods. I'm running. Oh no, there's a tree. Like nothing that takes it to a next level i don't know man uh let me I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due there's one part in the movie where they they find they get separated the main 
people get separated and then they find those other two people wandering through the woods and the other two people are like, so where have you guys been for the past five days? And they're like, uh, we saw you an hour ago. Sure, that sure. Was fucking, that, that was fucking... That was pretty, that that was was pretty good, unsettling. Yeah. unsettling. But, but that's like a small moment yeah. in, a, in a surprisingly long movie for what it is. Yeah, like it, it just like... I don't know. It, it, it just, it, it felt like... And some of these, like, there was at one point where they, they walk in there and it's like right in the very... First off, there's no reason to go in these fucking woods. Like this dude is like, I have to find out what happened to my sister. I'm very sorry about your sister. My heart goes out to you, but you, you like you saw the video, you know what fucking happens. Don't go in the woods, and yet they go well, into the woods knowing. I mean, yeah, like what is he? Uh, we're supposed to believe that he thinks she's alive. What has she been doing? Yeah. Eating roots? Like yeah, what? It's, like, how, it's been too long. If yeah. it had been anywhere within a reasonable period of like time, like a year, yeah, you could see. Like it I would, don't know. I think she's still out there. But at this point, it's like. Oh, if she's still out there, what is she doing? Yeah, you there's there's no reason to believe that he believes that, which is where you get lost. That's what I'm saying. And then they and then like in the beginning, like when shit first starts to go bad, they go and again to give credit, they go so fast from we have to find my sister to pack up, we're getting the fuck out of here. I don't know what's going on. It's like so why even go there to begin with? Like if you were that ready to jump ship and leave, why even go there to begin with? I mean, here's the thing. I hate to say this, but you know we. These are two things that we saw together. Yeah. I think Don't Breathe is a better directed movie Absolutely. than Blair Witch Project. And I or just Blair Witch. And I hate to say that. Not again, not because I, 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 I'm not even saying that Blair Witch is like unwatchable garbage or something like that, but it was more bad than good. And that, again, I, I didn't go in, and I think a lot of people feel this way. It's like, I, I'm not trying to say, like, I went to this Blair Witch, this new Blair Witch, like, this is going to redefine horror cinema. But, like, it wasn't even fun. Like, I didn't yeah. have fun watching it. I found moments to say, oh, that was cool. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is interesting. But for most of the movie, I'm just sitting there squirming, like, when is this going to be worth my time? I would have much rather it had been an absolute pile of shit than a largely pile of shit with a few scattered good parts in it. I appreciate that, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I don't, like, the whole thing, see, you don't, you're not big. You don't surf around. You, do you go to like Bloody Disgusting or anything like that ever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. So do you, do you remember when the trailer for The Woods came out and it was just like short, sure. simple, and it was like, what the fuck is this? And then it was like, oh, it's the new Blair Witch. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. And then I, like, I, it was, I, I don't know. I, 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 it was just painfully mediocre. I mean, I guess I could say this. Considering the, I think it's better than the sequel. Oh, I see. I, I, I never saw Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. It's terrible. That's what I, I, I mean, yeah, there's like, there's like the token goth girl in it. I don't need to see it's that movie. Aw- yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we said we saw so many things, but I think we just saw those two things. Uh, uh, I'm not a serial killer. Oh right, right, right. Well, did, I don't want to. Have we recorded since Bruce Campbell Horror Film Fest? We haven't. Oh shit! Hey guys, I went to Bruce Campbell Horror Film Fest, <laughs> and uh, I saw a little movie called "I Am Not a Serial Killer," and it's awesome. I guess because I've recorded with Josh for yeah, Box, yeah. I got confused. Um, and then I told Justin that he should see it, and our good friend Justin Harlan hooked us up mm-hmm. so that uh, my boy Justin here got to see it. So let's give you an official review. That movie's awesome. It's amazing. Definitely better than the other two movies we're talking about. Yeah, a lot, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Christopher Lloyd's most terrifying performance since Judge Doom and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and it's really sad, too. 
Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't go so far as to say it's a scary movie. Like, it's it, it has tense moments. Didn't get under my skin, but it doesn't need to. It's a very compelling movie. Yeah. And it's very, it's creepy, like, effectively creepy in moments. It's filmed amazingly. I think it was filmed on, on Super 8 or 16, Super it's got 16 that, or something. It's got that look. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, from what I understand, if you're a fan of the books, apparently there's a series of books. Yeah. And so people who are fans of the books are like, I didn't like it. But, uh, you know, I never read those fucking books. I never even heard of those fucking books. Reading is for nerds, so suck it. <laughs> I, I, that's not true. I love reading. But um, in this case, I got to see the movie first, and the performances are stellar. The script really works. Uh, like you said, Christopher Lloyd is so compelling in this so role. Good. He's, so he's not good. even doing that much. Like, it's not like, oh, he's because he's, like, you know, tearing the scenes apart. Like, he's, he's just, he's playing it really subtle, but it really works for this role. And yeah. I just found myself, like, really compelled by the film. Yeah, I, I watched it in a, in a Ocean City next to my sleeping girlfriend, which is <laughs> creepy, but get used to it. And it, it was like I, the first in the beginning, I was a little like, okay, I'm not really buying this because it's very like, very like Dextery, like oh, there's a, there's a some killer with weird a Dexter gold. elements. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. then like once it became apparent that this kid was like this kid like who like reveled in being like a possible budding sociopath. When he came in contact with like or something really monstrous and was just like, yeah, I got nothing on that. Yeah, it was that's when it became like really fucking cool, and it was like yeah. he stopped being like the, the the apathetic like, yeah, I'm gonna hurt someone because I'm dangerous, and and then it was like, oh no, no, this is what real evil looks like. Fuck, I need to do something about it. Like mm-hmm. that was really cool. But in the end, too, that the character is also sympathetic. Like, yeah, that that uh, he wants to stop what's happening. But he still manages to understand it, and then there's a space for it to be not just monstrous. And yeah, I think that it, was it was done in a way that was effective. You can do that sometimes in these movies, and you're like, oh, really? Come on, whatever. I, but, but that was that scene at the end when he's talking to his wife is yeah. fucking beautiful. Yeah, it's like really powerful. Yeah. So, like I said, I went to Bruce Campbell Horror Film Fest. Big, big ups to Josh Goldblum. I wish I had a whole list of movies to talk to you guys about, but for whatever reason, I was working a lot of this fest uh more than other fests we've done so i uh i didn't see as many newer movies i I saw i'm not a serial killer but then i mostly went to some of the rep stuff we did a uh doug benson movie interruption of army of darkness with bruce campbell from what i understand this is not it was not like his usual movie interruptions because bruce had so many stories to tell that doug like couldn't get any (laughs) jokes in because it was just bruce telling weird stories i'm okay with that sometime we actually need to watch our darkness because there is an extra in the beginning part with the village scene yeah yeah there's this extra who keeps getting in the shot who like is the fucking worst that bruce like pointed out to us and now like i just see him every time and i like want to oh, see man. if i can find him without bruce to be like that guy and then Fuck once you guess. see him you'll just see him every time you see the movie because he just is like is he throughout the movie he like makes sure no he's only in a few parts but when he's on screen you like see him because he's always looking directly at the camera <laughs> and he's always mugging so hard and like i i'm sure it's more for bruce because he had to help edit this movie yeah yeah then like for an audience person like you would not notice but once he pointed it out I noticed. Do you know what well, I mean? that, Does that, that make sense? That, that was like, um, did you ever watch the uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space with the the commentary on by the directors? No, never, never. There's one point where they're like, they're just like goofy guys. We're just like, yeah, we know this movie's shit, but whatever. Sure. And you've seen the movie, right? Yeah. You yeah, know the yeah. scene in the beginning when the, the ice cream truck guys like take those girls up there? Yeah. At one point, the girl looks like directly in the camera and the guy's like, oh, 
god damn it (laughs) and it's just like he's like that's it went from being like it was really cool this part and he's like oh jesus this fucking girl looks right in the camera and it's like now you just can't unsee it it's so perfect like so like i said i I went to rep stuff you know monster squad and uh night of the creeps and i got to meet fred decker and barbara crampton and uh it was it was cool but i didn't you know I, i wanted to come back like oh i saw this and this and this i didn't i didn't get to see that much so but i can definitely plug i am not a serial killer uh, I also saw a movie called Siren, which is the... Uh, yes, the, the VHS. Yeah, so the VHS segment. Uh, what is the VHS segment called? Uh, I think it's called Amateur Night. It's the I Like You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So they made like a full... And I, I keep telling people it's a full-length version of that, but it's not. Other than the fact that it's that creature, the actual plot has nothing to do with the plot of the one for VHS. It's just, let's take her and put her in a scenario where she actually has a backstory yeah. and there's actually a reason she exists and there's characters who are fully formed that maybe you don't completely hate and whatever, whatever. You know, it was pretty good. I feel like if you like that VHS segment, you probably would like Siren. I need to see that. because I'm like just kind of like iffy on both. I think it was good, but it wasn't like amazing. Yeah. Um... But yeah, it was. I, I didn't feel like I wasted my time seeing it. I was glad I saw it. Good. I, um, yeah, I definitely need this. I definitely need to see that at some point. Sure. Anything else before we move into the meat of our episode? Um, no, I think. Did we uh, Miskatonic Institute? Yeah, so we can talk about that. For those of you who don't know, the Miskatonic Institute of Horror Studies started in Montreal, and uh, uh, Kira Janice, who you may, I think, I, hey, well, I don't know if we're saying her name right. <laughs> so let's just put that out there. Yeah. And people have told me how to say it too. We have mutual friends. Joseph Gervasi, Sam Zimmerman, like people I know know her. Yeah. They've told me how to say her goddamn name. And you you, you told me there, there's you were you, you said it last night and I was like, you know, like there's a there's a dash in there. There's like a hyphen. I was like, oh okay. Like, I think there is. An apostrophe. I keep saying like Kirla. But I don't yeah. think it's that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm an asshole. She's never going to hear this, so it doesn't matter. But uh, the point is is that she started this thing where um, filmmakers, academics, people would come and present about horror. Um, and be, it, it was an educational opportunity that was scheduled almost like a film thing, you know? Yeah. And so it started in Montreal. They've been doing it in London. This is the first time in New York. So me and Justin bought passes for the whole thing. Uh, and last night was with uh, Jack Ketchum. Yes. Uh author uh who they've made a few movies out of his books but we the talk was as much about his writing as it was about the movies made from his writing he was so charming it was like and like i love how at one point he'd be like talking and he'd just have his little glass there and he would get his flask out and tip it and be like ah refreshment just like (laughs) he was so like like, there was this bar used to go to the lower east side and we'd play poker and blah 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 and like yeah Tell this like amazing. I used to hang out there with Lester Bangs. Yeah, you know? you're just like, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then like, it would like it would like smoothly transition to these like anecdotes about him like growing or like living in the Lower East Side and be like, yeah, these two girls were camping in the woods and this guy came along and shot one of them. I wrote a play about it. Just like, holy fuck, man! <laughs> like, <laughs> there is a lot shared. I don't think we want to spend too much time no, getting too into it. Yeah, but I think we just wanted to bring it up to recommend it and say the next one is October twentieth. Uh, it's uh, Paoli. What is his first name? Frank? Dennis. Dennis. I'll put the stuff on Instagram and or on, on, on Twitter and Facebook for yeah. the links because I really, if you live within three hours in New York City, it's it's really worth it because it's really cool. For those of you who don't know, Dennis Paoli was the co-writer on um, Reanimator from Beyond. Uh, he's written other stuff too. He worked for Empire for a the, while. But the, the, the gist of the next seminar is going to be bringing Lovecraft, bringing right. Lovecraft to the screen, right. which I love. 
Yeah, yeah, I knew that was up your alley. And I've seen him talk before, and he's fun and engaging. So, and like I said, uh, uh, Janice, she wrote House of Psychotic Women. She has that spectacular optical, I think is the name of her publishing company Didn't now. Did she do, what is it, Satanic Panic? Satanic Panic, yeah. and there's that kid's book, and I think they have a new one coming out that she uh, is editing. So yeah. she's great. She was really knowledgeable. She was up. Big ups to, we saw Sam Zimmerman there. We saw Joe Yannick there. Um, who else? Oh, we saw, so we saw Bill Ackerman there. Only I didn't get to say hi because I didn't know it was him. And it was only like after a little bit, I was like, wait, was that Bill Ackerman? Because I'm friends with him on Facebook, but I've never met him in real life. Uh, so I don't, so you know, you know how that is? You see pictures. So someone looks familiar. Yeah. Yeah. But until yeah. you see them in real life, you don't like realize who it is, yeah. you know? So I felt like an idiot. I was like, oh, we've had conversations. My bad, dude. <laughs> so oopsie yeah. uh anyways it was great so uh you should go to the next one yeah all right so i think we're gonna get on to the movies we watch for this episode let's talk about let's 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 talk about uh the final prayer because we just watched that and it's still like right. fresh so we're gonna take a quick break and be back to talk about final prayer final prayer also known as the borderlands okay bye <laughs> Centuries ago, a Catholic church was built in a remote village. Please show yourself again. Strange occurrences began that nobody could explain. Dear God. And what happens if we actually find some evil spirit? Can you tell us where the church is, Randy? Vatican set up an investigation to disprove the myths. Built around 1260. Dog, where? But instead, they unearthed a terrifying secret. I've seen that symbol before. Yes, in the pagan times. The evil isn't inside the church. It's a voice. It's underneath it. Bit tight here. What is present in this place has returned. Have you ever seen anything like this before? And we're back. Uh, okay. <laughs> what's, what's funny is, what's funny is, hand to God. I was debating earlier, downloading that so I could be like up next on Final Prayer. Me me me. What was that? That was a, an eagle. I don't know what that was. That was me. <laughs> I know that. 
That's from Spicy Memes. Uh, all right, let's okay. keep going. So, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, found footage of the final prayer. 2013 is the final prayer. Let's let's start off a little bit. Uh, I, how do you feel about found footage? I, was, I mean, I know uh, you're yeah. a fan of Blair Witch, but... Okay, so found... Uh, this is going to be, like, really weird and academic, but whatever. Um, I think... Okay, so found footage. For those of you who don't know, it's literally what it sounds like. It, it's It's a technique of filmmaking where it's like what you're seeing in the movie okay so in a typical movie it's not like i like how you're getting really into i it. am because i've been thinking about this okay so when you're watching a, a regular movie let's say you're watching aliens and when hicks and hudson and ripley are sitting there and, and they're debating what to do you're not supposed to assume that the cameraman is there with them you know you're you're seeing you're seeing through the fourth wall you're a fly on the wall you're not an actual person in the room but with found footage is like oh we found this footage like in the blair witch it's from the documentary from the movie Alien Abduction, it was like a camera that they found in the middle of the woods that fell from the sky because aliens abducted them. In quarantine, it was a documentary from like a filmmaking. And it's, it's footage that is found that typically shows the horrifying last moments of whoever was filming it. And it can be like it can be used for a force of good. Like Blair Witch is really good. Um, I liked As Above, So Below. The movies we watched tonight were awesome. But it can also be an incredibly lazy technique of filmmaking. Yeah, it can be. It can be like it, it's like there are movies where people are like, "I have this idea for a movie, like a horror movie," and it's like there's just stuff that's creepy stuff that's happening. But I don't know how to film an actual plot, so I'll just say it's like, you know, these people, you know, they're fi- like there was the movie called um, Absence, and it was about this woman who she she miscarried, so her and her husband and her brother go out to the this country resort to you know get their bearings together and the brother's filming the whole thing why i don't know but he's filming it and then you know all this creepy shit starts happening so he's filming it now one of the biggest problems with found footage is you have to ask yourself why is this being filmed why are we watching this why did whoever filmed this feel the need to film this because with a regular movie you're telling a story that's why it's being filmed but in this it's like it's like in the blair witch where they keep saying like everything has to be filmed when you're saying put the fucking camera down and run for your life. You know, it's like in Cloverfield, how the monster's ripping apart a building and the guy's still filming it. And it's like, no, no real person would do that. Like an actual person would throw the camera down and run like hell. And it also means that the, the oftentimes when you are making a found footage, you're trying to balance between that issue of um, realistic actions at the camera and then what's actually worth watching like exactly some found footage movies are super accurate to what people would actually do and you get like 10 minutes of just someone running holding a camera which is like awful to be yeah. in a th- movie theater and I, I i've said this about uh, this particular movie before in various discussions friend of the podcast nate free is I hope that's how I pronounce his last name because I've known him for like 15 years and I feel like a fucking asshole. You're such a shitbag. We were talking about the movie uh, Alien Abduction and I had said while it's not a particularly good movie, I mean it scares me because I'm afraid of anything involving aliens, it's not a particularly good movie but one of the things I like about it is as a found footage movie, it, it answers the question of why am I watching this? In this specific case, what we're seeing is the camera that one of the characters, he's this like 10 year old autistic boy has this camera that he films everything with. And it's just how he views the world. And at several points in the movie, they try to take the camera away and he starts having, like, he starts having, like, an episode, I guess is the PC way to say it. And, you know, they don't want to have that because they're being fucking hunted by aliens and they want this kid to be quiet. So he's allowed to have the camera and thus he films everything. It's, he, he's not like making a documentary and aliens are attacking them and like, well, we better film this. Like, 
he doesn't know any better, so that's why he's being the fly on the wall. We're seeing what he's seeing. Um, and a lot of found footage movies don't do that. Blair Witch tried to get around that by having those little tiny, like, jawbone-style cameras on everything and the drone. But ultimately, the problem with that is that it felt like we were just watching a regular movie because there were so many angles that it was just like, this doesn't feel like it's footage that's being filmed in the middle of the woods by a group of people. So that's that's why a lot of these movies, they just feel inauthentic and lazy is because... They kind of they they are well, and they, they they there's a certain amount of edifice to a film that you have to strip away to do a found footage, and I'm sure that's a money saver. And sometimes it creates, I guess I guess what it boils down to is people think of found footage as a genre. It's not a genre. And it's, it's not a, a genre. It's a technique, and it's a technique you have to know how to use well, and you have to know why you would use it and what could be accomplished with it. Uh, which I probably transitions us pretty good into the movie we just watched. Well, I just want to say real quick. Before we talk about this, I think the best example I've seen of, of, of it being tastefully used was the taking of Deborah Logan, where it was oh, like, okay, you know yeah. what I mean? It was like you were seeing like you were seeing traditional, like a traditionally filmed horror movie, and then you were seeing like, you know, this footage that someone was doing for like a, was it like their PhD in like neuroscience or whatever? Sure. So that being said, I think the final prayer handled that well, because from what we gathered, it was like the Vatican was like, we need to investigate this, so film, just make sure you film everything. And basically, the, I guess we tell the plot of the movie is, the plot of the movie is like there's this church in England that the Vatican is, Vatican is, is investigating because there's like this weird shit going down. Like there's noises and stuff is moving around. So they send... Well, that, that, let's be clear. There's a priest who claims there's been a miracle. So the okay, investigative yeah, yeah. team, they're not like investigating like poultry guys. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not like, oh, we got a... We got a poltergeist. There's a there's a poltergeist. Poltergeist. Better go check it out. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's it's, it's, it's a pre. They, he claims there's a miracle and he has a video. Yeah, and the video is compelling, but certainly not conclusive. Yeah. So they send this. They send like at first it's like what two priests and like a like a sound technician guy to go there. Mm-hmm. And because they have to be they they want to be th- they want to be as thorough as they can, they set cameras up all around this church, and then they themselves have cameras on. And I got to admit, when I first did that, and he's like, you got to keep it on the whole time. I was like, all right, guys, we're a little on the nose with this. We're just going to say that. Like, we get it. You got to film everything. We've all been there. It, it, I get it. I'm on board. Let's do it. But it, it, it very definitely sidestepped the need to be like, okay, this is why you're going to see everything. This is why you're not going to miss anything is because you're watching the footage that was meant to capture everything. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bunch of assholes wandering around the woods and being, you know, oh, keep the camera running no matter what. Like, this is like, we're watching footage that was collected for the specific purpose of seeing if they could see anything. And do they see something? Because it mm-hmm. was fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, so, if you were to ask me, what, at what point is this technique useful? Um, found footage is very useful when you have no money. Yes. And the story you're trying to tell is partly about perception. So taking of Deborah Logan is not fully found footage, but it's used in a way that tells that story. It tells the story of what exactly is going on here. And then there's a slow sort of anxious reveal. Um, The same thing with Blair Witch. Like it's the tension of the Blair Witch Project that, you know, you're not sure what you're watching. You're not sure what to expect. In the same way with this film, they use both head cams. Like they have, uh, you know... uh, temple cams by their temple yeah yeah and then they have like steady cams of different rooms and again that's all set up because they're meant to be monitoring it and they do it in such a way that there are multiple shots where i keep thinking is something fucked up about to happen 
Like, what is going to yeah. happen? Is something going to come on screen? You know, like, and they maintain that really well. And there's no, I mean, we should preface with, uh, there's no Cloverfield moment. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah. like, he, and there, there's not even, like, a Deborah Logan moment. Like, if you've seen The Taken oh Deborah Logan, God. there's a couple moments in The Taken Deborah Logan where you're like, fuck, what was that? Oh, fuck. And then oh. there's, there's the moment in The Taken yes. where you're like, yes. holy shit. Yes. So... There isn't that level, but again, I, I get the feeling that's because it's a very low budget film and they're doing what, what they can, but it doesn't matter. What they did do is for me super effective. It's not it's not predictable. There's a sense of fate. Like nothing happens that I'm like, well, that was out of left field. Yeah. But yeah. I also wasn't like, oh now this is gonna ha-. like each of the things is like, oh, yeah. okay, oh, okay. And uh there's no huge giant payoff, but that's not again. If you have the money for a giant payoff in a found footage movie, you should just make a movie. Exactly. And yeah. Don't make a found footage if, if, movie. If you have enough money to make a traditional horror movie, eh, go ahead and make just that make traditional that. horror movie. Just yeah, make yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this movie, like, oh my god, you know what it reminded me of? And this is, you, have you ever seen Rawhead Rex? <sighs> I can't believe you just brought up. No. Mother okay. So mother, we're not going to talk about fucking. Rawhead Rex. But first of all, we need to we need to watch it and talk I about love that, that movie. Yeah. Okay. The fact that you love that movie is further evidence that you have this like nostalgia for certain movies that you saw at a certain time. Guilty. And uh, but that is a terrible movie. No, no, I'm not saying it's good. I'm not commenting. On, it, it's an awful movie. It's fucking. But I also have a. But my, part of my aff- affection and hate for it is because I read the Rawhead Rex story. There you go. Yeah. In Books of Blood. Yeah. And you're right. Rawhead Rex, the story. Let's let's leave the movie alone for let, now. We'll talk about the story. Let's talk about the story. It is part of that pastoral English heart. Yeah. It's like, it's like a more visceral, present manifestation of the blood on Satan's claw or something like that. Yeah. It, it's basically like, this doesn't really give anything away, but these people find out that this church, the church was built on top of what was the site of like a pagan temple like that it worshiped this like ancient God and which is basically Rawhead Rex. I mean, it's not like Rawhead Rex is in the movie, but that's basically like that. My idea of that, of like there being a church on top of something unholy and the unholy seeping into like consecrated ground. Rawhead Rex was my first introduction to that. That's interesting. I would say that that theme, maybe not so specific plot points, but that theme of, um, that Christianity is a veneer that was painted over England, but that underneath is this seething pagan core. That's an entire genre of yeah. movies. I like mean, that, America- you, probably a hundred movies are made yeah. that follow that theme. And granted, they all play with different anxieties. Like I think most of them, Probably also not. I wouldn't say most, but a lot of them relate more to feminine, witch, or youth. The yeah. youth are doing something, and then the old people don't know about it. I mean, again, I'm brought back to a movie that I watched uh, because of a uh, friend of the show, Sam Deegan, recommended it, and she was like, "You have to see this thing, Blood on Saint's Claw," and that's very much a movie that seems to be about youth culture yeah. and their sort of corruption, or whatever. But this movie, it was interesting the way faith was part of the movie without it playing into all the obvious Christian anxieties. You know, it's about a church and the church being corrupted and the priests and what do the priests really believe and whatever, whatever. But, uh, but it really, 
it manages, and I don't mean this as a knock, it manages to deal with very intense things, but stay on the surface. Like it never gets, there's no moment where you're philosophically asking yourself, no. what is this about saying about faith or saying about religion? It's not. It just has a fucking cool scenario. Well, the only and it's going to push that scenario. The only really time, far. the only time where I'm inclined to say that I did feel a moment where I was like, "This is a little heavy-handed." It was like right towards the end when, like, the priest, the elder priest, is doing the banishment ritual, which is sure. awesome. Sure, because he's like, "What? Like, that's not Latin." Was he speaking like it's a banishment ritual? <laughs> like he's just he's just doing this yeah, thing. It's thing. not yeah. even Christian. Yeah, Who knows? and then the one priest, they're like, oh, they're like, they're back. They're doing like the angry couple at the mall voice. Like, we have to talk about this right. And like the guy's like, and he's like, you know, because the one guy's like, it's the iron in the walls is recording babies' voices and playing it back at a certain. I don't know what the fuck it is, because the one priest is rejecting this till the very end. He's like, sure. it's it's nothing supernatural, and the other priest is like, dude, you're a priest. You believe in God. You gotta accept that something weird is going on here. And the guy says, we have to get rid of those medieval superstitions. And it's like, and I was like, oh, what, what was that? Like, what just happened right there? Like, why did that guy yell that? I just want to be lulled back into sleep where these complex ideas are kind of fed to me easily and not just like shoved in my face, which is like what that guy was doing at that point. But I think that it's interesting. I mean, just thinking about the way the movie works, uh, uh, that um, both the priests, uh, on one hand, one priest is more faithful to the priesthood and to Catholicism than the other priest. Yeah. But they're both at heart skeptics when it comes to natural phenomena. Absolutely, so yeah. The film does something that a lot of religious horror, which is funny, I guess now we technically are back on what we were talking about yeah, last episode. Yeah, well, I'm okay with just it. Bri- just briefly, because the next movie is not religious horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this isn't primarily religious horror. It's really a movie I think that is using the found footage technique to tell a kind of story. Yeah. And it... it gets at something related to religious horror in this dynamic in that it points out that the modern Catholic church, despite all the rituals and the ceremony and the, the, you know, the, all the accoutrement that makes Protestants uncomfortable because <laughs> we see it as like magic hoo-ha. Yeah. Just like, you know, voodoo, whatever. Like, but the reality is that that kind of faithfulness is to a disembodiedness that is not of this world. And the anxiety then about paganism is that there's various, something in front of them. It's physical, and they yeah. even at another point in the movie, the guy says that it, was but awesome he, when he, he says it that. in a way that is not too hitting you over the head with it. Dude, it's engaging, the, but it's not like ruining the point for you. And I think it really gets at this idea of like, if there's this present thing, this thing that is manifest physically in front of you and demanding of you, it's harder to then connect to this disembodied uh unworldly sort of thing that feels almost entirely like an intellectual exercise no matter how much body and blood and whatever and notice the sermon when they first come into the church was about the miracle of communion yeah and yeah. about this physically it became the flesh and whatever and it's you know that the, the here are these priests like oh my god the best this. is when the one the one i think it's the sound guy i think he says like if there was a battle between what was in front of me and what I couldn't see, I'm going to go with what's in front of me. And I was like, oh, shit, that was pretty cool. Sure, like, yeah. That, it, that was a very, that was a very like, just a very interesting way of putting it is like, because the whole idea is that pagans, you know, he's telling a priest that paganism might, you know, actually scientifically make more sense because, right. you, you know, you're dealing with the moon and the sun and 
the earth and you're worshiping that. Well, yeah, like, and, and uh, you know, this is a movie that not a lot of people have seen, so I, 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 I'm worried we're giving away. Maybe yeah, I don't want to spoil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want. But I will say that even the way that they develop the plot of the movie is more physical than I was expecting. I was expecting sometimes with a found footage movie that deals with this sort of spiritual stuff, I expected something like we just shake the cameras. You know what I mean? Like yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. these movies, like literally they're just like, well, at the end, we'll just shake the cameras and all the cameras will be like broken and we'll just have someone like like disappear and it becomes like yeah. very disembodied, you know? And the end of this movie is not in any way disembodied. Oh my God. Let's just leave it at that. All I want to say about the, this doesn't give anything away the end of this movie, if anyone has ever read the short story Jerusalem's Lot by Stephen King, not Salem's Lot, the novel, but the short story Jerusalem's Lot, I think it was in Night Shift, um, I was watching the end of this movie and I was like, yo, that's like Jerusalem's Lot. Like, Oh, that's interesting. It's very like, that was tough to watch. Yeah. That was like very, vis- I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Just go yeah, fucking watch I mean, this movie. In, in like, fact, in fact I, I, I'm a little anxious we've already said Maybe not too much, but I don't want to ruin it. And well, I know you're like you're listening to this podcast because you want to hear us talk about horror movies. But this is actually an example where I'm kind of like, maybe we've said enough. I mean, I guess what we'll say, what I will say is, it avoids. Let's focus on the technique aspect because that's sort of what we're addressing here. It avoids the pitfalls. The cameras make sense. Yeah, yeah. There's a few moments when there's sounds, and I was worried with the, they were going to do the thing where there's still music even though it's a found footage movie but they they explain it as yes. part of the phenomena and it ends up working really it well wor- I was thinking but it, of- when it first happened i thought is there going to be a soundtrack right now you can't have a soundtrack this is a found footage movie yeah but then it worked it, it worked really well because yeah, w- weren't they say like oh it's these weird frequencies that we just get out of yeah. nowhere and yeah, i was yeah, like yeah, okay yeah. that re- like and then they're he- oh my god in the end when they're just hearing that i was like yo i know this isn't music but this serves as like a natural soundtrack. Yeah. Like they, that was really good on the filmmakers. Part. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, I, I, I mean, there are limitations to the movie. So let, let me just acknowledge to you that if you hate this format, there are people who just don't like this technique. They don't yeah, like yeah. this kind of movie. If you don't like this kind of movie, this isn't like going to win you over or something. No, no, no. It's very much this kind of genre. It's, or uh, I'm sorry, technique. It's, it's a movie that uses that technique to tell a very tight story and a story that uh, I think is very much, not as much religious horror as this kind of pastoral village horror, this sort of underlying, there's something going on in, in the village. There's a lot of like, where are we right now? What is this yeah, place like? Yeah. Why are all the people here backwoods fucking weirdos? Like, there's very much like an us and them thing there that was they the, play up really well. There was the one part towards the end where they were, uh, it was fucking Deacon. Yep. Deacon was awesome. And the sound guy were in the bar and they start talking about something. And all of a sudden, all the locals get like very like hostile, and it was like the fucking bar scene in an American War from London, only oh, yeah. not funny at all. It no. was very like, we're in that one. They're just like, just go, go out, lads. In this one, it was like, are they gonna like kill these guys? Like, are- I mean, to be fair, the locals are hostile the whole movie, and it it builds like they don't notice it. But as an audience member, you know, someone watching the movie, no one, no one who lives in the town engages them. Like when he's yeah, talking yeah. to the guy outside the church, the dude doesn't, they ask for direction on the road. The only person who's willing to talk to them is the priest who seems to be an insane person yeah. and also isn't technically from the area. Yeah. Who's out of his fucking mind. Oh my God. And I wouldn't even say he's really talking to them. He's just sort of like, sure. You know what I mean? Like he's not even, I mean, he's making words, but it's like, it's like, oh, those fucking kids. God, I was so happy when Deacon punched that kid in the mouth. All right, we're talking about this too much. <laughs> okay, yeah. You're literally spoiling yeah, the movie yeah. right now. 
<laughs> so Soylent Green is people, and um, yeah. So I, I, if if you're someone who enjoys this format, who enjoys this particular technique of filmmaking, and you're interested in creepy, I mean, we literally both said like this movie partly only works because England in its essence is a character in the movie in the sense of like, you know, if this was in America, there's no church built in 1200 or 1100, you know what I mean? Like this, the, the age of it, the character of being in backwoods, England, this fear that there's something sort of under the surface. It's a very British thing, but it, it works in the film in a way that isn't alienating. It actually really drew me. It works in a way that the old, like, chestnut of oh it's built on an ancient indian burial ground it works in a way that that doesn't fucking work right they, yeah yeah that's exactly you know because right. it's 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 sort of like it, it i've always felt that it, it sort of like takes a very honest look at like how shitty colonialism was yeah except it doesn't like play up the uh exoticness of it yeah I you agree. know what i mean so okay that was enough of us being intellectual um <laughs> and enough of us possibly ruining a yeah, good movie for you but you what i cannot again i would definitely give this movie five out of five cups of water it That's was, interesting. I would say um, we rented it on Vudu for two ninety nine. Yeah, three ninety nine actually. Yeah, yeah, and that was well worth it. it was yeah, well yeah, totally, worth it. totally. Um, I would I pay to see it in a theater? Mm, Not now. No, no, I mean I've already no, seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I I do want to stress if you do want to look up this movie, it, it it might be also under the Borderlands, but it's not the American. Um, no, it's a British film. Yeah, it's it's not the eight the series. What fucking comedy did the the? Uh, oh, the eight. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah none. No, of, no. It, it, there's one called Borderland. It has like a goat on the cover. It's not that. It's not a goat. It's a, yeah. like a cow. Or yeah. So like if you can find the Borderlands, that's this Just movie. Just look for Final Prayer. Final Prayer. Yeah, yeah. this is America. It's Final Prayer in America. It's fucking Final Prayer. You yeah. hear us? So I think that's I think that's all we really have to say about yeah, Final Prayer. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna take another quick break and talk about Ghost Watch. Ghost Watch was so. Things are still not quite strange. No, we don't. Get off! I've got to talk to somebody. Kimmy? Who? Kim, who who are you talking to? Pipes. Where's Pipes? Here. I'd, I'd like both of us to run out that house. I'd like somebody to take care of Suzanne as well. And please, let's have the kids out of the house, please, could we? And we're back. So Ghostwatch, um, it's weird because apparently like a lot of people are like into this. And I'd only ever heard, I mean, maybe that makes me a poser. I only heard of this movie like maybe like a month and a half ago. 
but friend of the podcast, Stephen Welch, when when I announced what we were doing, was like way into this. And I don't really consider Stephen like a horror a horror person. Like, I mean, he's into like you know movies, but I wouldn't like he he was like the and this is nothing against Stephen. We love Stephen. It was just weird that of all people, he was the one who was like you know excited about us watching Ghost Watch. I mean, uh, Stephen knows weird, obscure stuff. That's yeah, yeah, his yeah. like that's his wheelhouse. And I think Ghost Watch it. Um, well, why don't you tell people what it is? So Ghostwatch is basically like, it came out like 1992 and it was set up as a British, like sort of like an on the scene special. Like, you know how they would do, um, I think the thing I can come up, come up with the most that people would be familiar with was, do you remember that? Like unmasking the magician shit? Yeah. It was kind of like that. Well, and, and Unmasking the Magician was a little later, so that's a little bit glossier. Like, yes, Unmasking yes. the Magician had some, like, higher production value. But, but it's, This was, like, earlier in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, it was made, so there's definitely a rawness Better, to it. Do you remember when Geraldo went in Al Capone's vault? Yeah, vault? no. That's, that's what, what it, this is like. It, yeah. felt like uh, it felt like a cross between Geraldo and Al Capone's vault. Yeah. Inside Edition. Yes. And a teeny bit of Unsolved Mysteries. I, th- I I had said that this show was like what I was always afraid of happening on like Unsolved Mysteries before right. I was smart enough to realize it was a dramatization that we were watching. Anyway, the plot is basically there's this news team. They go to this house in suburban London on Halloween night to film this phenomenon that's been going on. It's loosely based on the Enfield poltergeist. Both are equally fictitious because the Warrens are full of shit. And... They go there, and it's it, the cast is all like actual British news personalities. Yeah, yeah, they're, like, like well known people playing themselves. It seems like that. Yeah. yeah. So they basically go to this house, and they're setting up cameras all over the place. And again, because they're meant, they want to film everything. They have cameras all over the house, so they don't miss anything. And as the night goes on, like increasingly horrific shit starts happening. Like, and then there's this really cool thing where like there's like the people are like calling in to like lend like their own personal experiences and it just it gets like dude this movie like i like i I sent you that picture i found of like the screenshots like i was up the night we watched i was up late like yo fuck pipes is coming for me (laughs) like it was really scary like the thing that I, i think like really stuck with me was like there's the scene in the beginning where the girls are like in the room and they the ghost's name is Pipes because the mom is like, they start hearing this noise and they're like, mom, there's like this like noise. Like, what is it? And she's like, fuck that. I don't know what that is. It's just the pipes. So they're like, oh, it's Pipes. Pipes is back. So they just called the ghost Pipes, which is kind of cute. I'll give them because they kind of have that. Like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of adorable that they call this ghost Pipes. But then they're like, they start saying shit like, that's where Pipes hangs out in the corner of my room. And the girl's like, oh, one time I walked by the door under the stairs and I looked in there and they're like, what was in there? Like, it was Pipes. What was he doing? You're looking at me. He's disgusting. (laughs) And they're just like drawing pictures of pipes and everything like that. Well, they do a lot. I mean, first up, the way that this works really well. And I guess uh, if you want to be a stickler, this isn't found footage. No, this is like a documentary thing. Yeah, I guess. But what they really nail so well that makes it work so well is that it never breaks format of being a TV show. No. It's always a show. There's parts that are cut and there's parts where someone's like, well, the, you know, let's cut to this real quick or, oh, I have to interrupt you to do this. So that like yeah. it keeps the plot moving because it's definitely scripted. It's not like the improvised or something. But, uh, but they never break the format and it's always very believable and everyone's responses are not like actors pretending to be, like they all feel like Oh, that's what they would do. Like they would act yeah, awkward. Yeah. They wouldn't know what to say. They don't have snappy one-liners. Yeah, there's a lot of points where they're like, okay, uh, I guess we'll 
do this now you know like yeah it's it it's played in a way that's so believable and again we know now i mean i think we both really said that like if we had seen it back then uh, yeah but one of the tricks that they do is like little camera things the sort of things that like you see them in dramatic movies now where you catch something in the side of your eye or whatever yeah but it's in the context of watching it on tv you would freak the fuck out so like there's a point where um they show that the room you you were alluding to it where it's footage from before where the there was an episode and they get a call on the show that's like hey in that footage you showed i saw a figure yeah they're like well let's look at that and they show the footage and you see a fucking figure. Then they cut back to the people. They're like, yeah, I don't see it. And then they cut back again. And it's a different image. And like, it plays like maybe it's not a different image. And you just imagined you saw something. Yeah. But like, you know, we are able now to say that is a fucking. There was something there. Like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, like, like I, I had said, I went home and like an asshole. Like, it's like, you know, about 1230 at night. I'm awake by myself. I just Googled like pipes ghost watch. And someone had actually, all the times you see the ghosts in the movie, like they took the screenshots and, oh my God. I, I think another thing we, you can, that this can be compared to, but I think it's even more real, is like the Orson Welles War of the Worlds broadcast. Sure. But this one-ups that because it, it, people don't know in the War of the Worlds broadcast, the, the whole thing is like, oh, he was so scared that people killed themselves. Now, at several points, Orson Welles is like, and now we return to uh, the dramatic reading of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds. Like, they announced that was a radio broadcast. Yeah. In this one, they don't do any of that. At no point do they say, like, oh, this is fake, by the way. You're watching a Halloween special. Like, right. it's played like one. And there was actually a case. There's, there's a call-in number? Yeah. That you can call in while it's going yeah. on? And it had jammed up, so, like, it was a busy signal. So then, like, people were watching it and calling it and, like, getting a busy signal. And then they would hear people on the show calling, like, oh, that's why I'm getting a busy signal, because everyone else is calling in, too. Like, it was incredibly, like, again, it didn't, like I said with the original Blair Witch, it didn't. I didn't have to jump through many hoops to be like, yo, what I'm watching is fucking real. And if I'd saw that when I was like nine years old when that came out, I would have fucking died. I it, mean, I, I, the things that happen are very subtle, but I think they're more real for that. And there's a yeah. couple of moments that you could say like, oh, that's corny. Like something falls off a wall or whatever, whatever. But it ramps up in such a way that it doesn't feel corny. It feels like graded it feels like okay this is a little thing a little thing yeah. okay well of course they're freaked out but they're not freaking out yeah. because that's not a big deal you know like it, it just makes it like you f go with the flow and by the time it descends into chaos it, you're already on board you're not like oh, i can't this is dude, it's not believable yeah. it's like oh my gosh what's gonna happen now some of the stuff they did was like, like, did you notice how often you hear the cats in that movie, and you don't yep. even really think about where you? And it's like a plot point is they later find out why they're hearing cats, and it, it's just, I mean, of course, like, I mean, we're saying this like we would believe it, you know. Now you're watching it now. I, I don't want to sell it too hard because if you're if you watch this thing, you know, when the woman calls in and does the info drop as to what is going on, what the backstory is, yeah. As a mature watcher of horror films at this point in our lives, you're like, oh, here we go. This is the yeah, explanation. Yeah. Like, uh, so I don't want to sell it so hard that like we're totally on board. But it's all flows so well. And like 1992, you know, I was 13 years old. I could see myself 13 years old on Halloween night if I lived in England watching this thing and being like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, especially this is like now it's like everyone, everyone 
and I, I hate to keep going back to the original Blair Witch, is like everyone shit talks in that movie now. But when I first saw the advertisement, I think it was in like Time Magazine. Sure. About these missing students, I was like, that's fucking terrifying. This was before this is before I could just take my phone out and Google Blair Witch hoax and be like, oh yeah, they're full of shit. Like to watch the it it's sort of like I don't want to get off on a tangent, but it's sort of what made the original Godzilla so scary for me is when you put it in context of when that came out. Like, you watch Godzilla now and you're like, oh, it's a guy in a rubber suit. Put yourself in Godzilla in, like, 1957, barely a decade after they dropped, after we dropped two fucking bombs on their cities, and then seeing that, that must have been terrifying. Imagine being, like, an adult in England watching this for the first time with no internet access, no way to immediately prove that it's fake, and seeing all this shit go down from, uh, I think it was the guys on the horror show pointed out, they were like trusted TV personalities too, yeah. who were like, and now we cut back to the scene and, oh, that's, that's very dreadful what's going on there. Like totally fucking selling it. Well, and, like, yeah, they also described it. I mean, in some ways it feels less like a movie and more like a, like a television prank. Like a very British prank. <laughs> yeah, they're just pranking everyone. And, 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 and I don't think that's an inaccurate description actually, but it doesn't take it away from watching it. And it's, Again, the prank is ruined for us. We're not watching it now being like, oh, I wonder if this is real. Yeah. But it was entertaining, and that was what was so amazing about it. And what, for me, makes me, even as I'm watching it, think of a found footage movie. Because at a certain level, if a found footage movie is completely realistic, it would not be entertaining. Yeah. It wouldn't work. And this movie manages to feel like a real thing that maybe you haven't found it, found it, but it, 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 it doesn't come across like a pretend, like a movie. And yet it's entertaining. I was, I was into it the whole time. No part of me was like, oh, well, I appreciate the technique, but I'm so bored. It's like, no, like it's engaging the entire time. Like even, even like some of the, uh, one of the things I hated about, hated about The Conjuring too is that they, they took an actual skeptic who blew the case up, the Enfield poltergeist, and was like, no, it's all fake and proved it. And they made her like the bad guy of that movie. And this one, they kind of sort of do a similar thing where it's like, maybe it is the little girl's, you know, jerking everyone around. Maybe it is like, this is all like a prank on them. But then it's like, I, I, I forget, didn't they say, they were like, we did it so pipes would go away or something like that. Yeah. Like something like they, but either way, like at, at no point was there, there, there was no like, there, there was nothing about this movie where I was just like, all right, they just jumped off the track and I'm not with this anymore. Like, it it really one hundred percent sold the fact that you were watching like an actual uh, television special that had I don't know, bitten off more than it could chew. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Liam just looked at each other, nodding approval. Like, <laughs> like, like I yeah, just delivered a knockout punch. They're like, yeah, you got that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, uh, we can talk about the backstory is creepy and, and the film does a really good job of having two backstories, which actually helps because I'm sure in the moment when you're watching it, the two different stories feel disparate. So it feels more like people would call in the moment when they become the same thing. And it, what was cool about it was because originally like pipes are like, he's this bald man. And I, I just love how the, what does he look like? And the girl's like, Oh, he's disgusting. Like, so like very British, like, Oh my God, he's disgusting. And they, they're very clearly is like a masculine ghost. And then they call in and they tell this legend about a woman who killed, killed children. And a little girl says like, Oh, but he's a woman on the inside. And you're like, Oh, it's a woman ghost. And then it comes, it pulls like a, 
We probably maybe we shouldn't say what what happens. Yeah, yeah, we shouldn't explain. You're the explainer. I'm always I'm saying things explainer. vaguely. I'm like, I'm the explainer. Yeah, the way it did it was really good. You're like, yeah, because well, it, what happened? It was... reminded me of this scene in a book that I once read that doesn't matter, and this is what happened. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, definitely uh, one of the things that I think it, it succeeded where a lot of found footage falls woefully short is that it didn't have a cut and dry neat pack ending where everything is explained and they just no. this one had a had an ending that was just like when the credits start the rolls oh that's it and it didn't feel like i mean it, it it was it was an unsatisfying ending unsatisfying ending but in the best way in the sense that it was like not everything was explained fates were left unknown there there, there were certain there there were like there were strings that were left like unraveled and you were like, no, but that's okay, because that is exactly what would happen if this were real. Sure. You wouldn't be like, oh, no, that newscaster made it out alive. That little girl made it out alive. You would be like, are they alive? Are they dead? Did fucking pipes kill them? I I, I know people are going to be like, oh, that doesn't really make it that much more authentic. But yes, it fucking does when you watch a lot of found footage. I feel like the way they did it made it authentic, that they really sort of, they really stuck to this feeling of a TV show trying to get back on its legs. A TV yeah. show that's slowly going off the rails but not too dramatically and then suddenly is just insane and you're just like what and i guess at that point there might have been people watching it who would like okay well now i know this is fake because it's gone so crazy but it doesn't matter because it works really well it makes it more impactful the way that they did it yeah because like even when shit was like going bad they were like oh well maybe let's go to this expert in america who's gonna explain it and he's like it's them doing ventriloquism they're making it up and they're like oh i buy that and the one's like i don't think that's ventriloquism and they like you know it's like they they're obviously running in the shit they can't explain and they're trying to grapple with it which i think is sort of what like viewing that movie for the first time was like like you didn't want to believe that holy shit we're actually watching a poltergeist situation go horribly wrong I mean, as opposed to the poltergeist situation that goes wonderfully right. I don't know if any of those exist, but like... Sexy poltergeist. Sexy poltergeist, yeah. No, but I mean, it it really did feel like you were just watching these people who were trying to remain very couth and very British while watching something like, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I'm going to pretend that I do know what's going on for for the sake of being on TV and reassuring my viewers. Yeah. So if you can find it, Ghost Watch, definitely worth watching. Yeah, we saw, did we watch that on YouTube? We watched it on YouTube, mm-hmm. which was unfortunate because I, I swear like every time something cool would happen, it would be like, freeze. Such a bummer. Terrible. Don't, don't watch things on YouTube. We just didn't have a choice because yeah. it's not readily available. Didn't we watch Necronomicon on YouTube? Yeah, because Ugh. you had some like <laughs> you had some like Russian Cerulean DVD copy. that would not fucking play. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, so uh, we managed to pick. Well, and you know, let's let's be clear. We we we're coming off really pro found footage because we found two good ones, but we tried to watch another one. Oh my god! Called Headcase, and uh, if you're really into annoying old people arguing in front of a camera who may or may not be murderers but who fucking cares because they're the most annoying people ever yeah then you should see Hedges. yeah watch this movie yeah, Wait, yeah. waste 90 minutes of your time but we couldn't it, I, it was it was actually the equivalent of two people arguing in a fucking grocery store <laughs> that you're watching it only it's like but it's cool because they're murderers and i'm like this is nothing cool about this at that point Two, other than some blood in a bathtub, there's like no indication. You know what I mean? No, Liam, you forget when the woman's like, why don't we have padded tables? And he's like, because that would give them comfort. I only like pain. It was like, 
get the fuck out of here. Like, to be fair, he didn't say it that dramatically. He said it like a fucking cranky old man who which, works at Kmart. Yeah. You know, I don't, don't want to be comfortable. I, I, want, I, want, I want to feel pain. That's yeah. the point. He's stupid. Why, why do you think? And, you know, I'm sure for some people who don't find this type of person immediately annoying that maybe it's like funny like they appreciate it on like i found no humor in this movie it was not funny yeah nothing about it was funny it was painful and i hated it i also want to let you guys know that i watched a lot of found footage movies that i don't even think i told liam about because i told him that i watched jerusalem with a z and he was so upset (laughs) so i just didn't tell him about the other movies what was the other ones you watched uh the houses that october built which again a lot of people are like no dude i know the cover looks stupid and i know the trailer looks stupid and i know you don't like movies like this but you should totally watch this movie and i was like i don't know why but i'm gonna watch it and i did and i was like this is fucking stupid this is like if rob zombie made a found footage movie and it somehow sucked even more than a description i just gave oh my god all right uh hey let's wrap up yeah um is there anything you want to plug uh, the Colonial Theater this Saturday. We're going to be there for fucking Phantasm, the there's, remastered version. There's almost no possibility anyone's going to hear this before then. But You're fa- so yeah, <laughs> hopefully you met us at Phantasm. How cool was Phantasm at the Clo- at the Colonial Theater? I'm sure it was so good. Um, also, I think I'm going to be at the Brooklyn Horror Fest on Sunday at least. Oh yeah, have you but figured out you don't know what you're doing? Yet? I'm probably. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get off of work for Saturday, so I'm just going to go on Sunday. Okay, I requested tickets for multiple days okay um but we might probably won't be able to record before that but if you're there and you see us uh i mean i'll probably be wearing like a cinepunk shirt so come up and say hi don't i think i'm pretty sure that's it yeah i guess so oh uh we'll probably have this up before that but next weekend is uh the weekend of terror at mahoning drive yes yes um i don't have the list in front of me but you have the internet i'm always like we need to give all the details to really sell people on this thing look Texas Chainsaw Massacre is one of the movies. On a different night, I Spit on Your Grave is one of the movies. I think Death Weekend and something else, like a Mario Bava movie. Yeah. Anyways, go to the fucking internet. Yeah. Use the internet. You know how to use the internet. You wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't know how to use the internet. Liam's angry, but I'll post all this stuff on Twitter. You fucking fucktards. I I love you guys. You shitbags. Yeah, so with Liam cursing at you, I think that's wraps it about up. Then a new record for us. like We did this in like under an hour, I think. You jitbags. That's a term Liam made up that sounds vaguely racist, and I'm not comfortable with that. <laughs> so, it sounds British to me, which, again, vaguely racist. And, uh, <laughs> and so it just came to me while we were watching that British movie. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I think that's it. Um, you country bumpkins. They, they say that in that movie. They, they, they say bumpkins, don't they? Yeah, in the movie at one point, there's, yeah, a, yeah. there's a bumpkin reference. There's a bumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, as always, rate, review, subscribe share us um, download 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 yeah uh, you can look us up on twitter at the harbiz 666 and uh like our page on facebook it's under the same uh the same name oh hey we also um on cinebunks we're trying to like post something every day of october something related to halloween as uh, sort of like a celebration of halloween we've had a lot of people sign up but we still have plenty of free days so if you would like to submit something just hit us up cinepunks at gmail that's it uh punks with an x uh cinepunks with an x at gmail uh actually include your idea i've had a few people be like i want to write something 
And that's all they said. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. What do you want to write about related to Halloween? And then no reply. Yeah, don't so, don't make us make you write something about yeah. something that we want you to write <laughs> yeah, about. Exactly. I'll pick something terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I really I actually really want someone to write about why Frankenweenie is a wasted opportunity to teach children about death. So if you want to write that, that'd be cool. That is a fucking challenge that has been thrown down by Liam. Yeah. I but otherwise, just write whatever you want. Yeah. So yeah, until next time, uh, just pretend I had some cool sign-off line here. (laughs) All right, bye.